0: Azeroth, a history, is recorded in Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji-Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. Welcome to Azeroth A History, a look into the history of Azeroth and how it pertains to World of Warcraft today. I'm your co-host, Bam Bam Anderson.
1: And I'm your co-host who just realized I didn't edit the, uh, intro. I'm Tony Stark, aka Senpai. Heck yeah! We stand
0: a name change in this family.
1: Hell yeah we do. Uh, yeah, I totally forgot that I did not that- that's- it's fine. It's fine. It's, It's good
0: that's okay in my like i write i've been writing these little like daily to-do lists so i don't spend so much time just aimlessly scrolling Mm -hmm. and uh and on my to-do lists, it does say record with tony yay
1: yeah Yeah. so yeah i've changed my name at least like on paper uh yeah gotta do other stuff But that that will come.
0: Yeah, the government's a bitch. Make sure you fill out your paperwork correctly. Learned that one the hard way.
1: Yes, Um, I've actually gone through that paperwork a few times uh, over the last few years. (laughs) I have to go through it again and start doing it, but uh, I don't have the money yet for for that right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, cat alert! Jarvis is probably going to come say hi during the episode. (laughs) All right. So, today's episode is going to be probably a little bit long um, we're going to be talking about the novel Shadows Rising oh snap um, I didn't fully know what to expect uh, for it honestly and um, I'm glad I did the prep work that I did but I missed some stuff uh, that ends up being pretty important in the book <laughs> uh, some of what we've, we've touched on lightly um, but yeah uh, if you have questions Bap, let me know <laughs> Um, I'll be
0: sure to let you know If I feel the confusions
1: Absolutely um, So first quick spoiler warning uh, We are going into the novel Shadows Rising so if you haven't read it Or listened to the audiobook and don't want to be spoiled Come back later But it's also been out for like a month and a half At this point so you should be okay um, also, also Susan Wakoma, uh, who plays Queen Talonji Reads it and her voice Is just so lovely So you should listen to it It's It's great I love her voice. <laughs> Audiobooks are so wonderful. Mm-hmm.
0: I love the the ability to multitask. Exactly, yeah. Um, for example, I am crocheting as we speak.
1: <laughs> nice. Uh, so, also for anyone who might have been following the Final Cry Count on Twitter, because uh, I was tweeting while I was reading the book, uh, it was... <laughs> I cried eight times through the story itself and then one last one at the acknowledgements uh, from Madeline Rue because it was just like super sweet and like yeah I'm glad we gave her a chance that it was really good it was a really good book I enjoyed it okay, Wonderful. So, so before we delve into the book I'm going to get into a little bit of background some of this might be recap I don't fully remember what we've talked about I've talked about a lot of Wow, in the last How did you... <laughs> all of the wow. I talk about a lot of wow, wow and I don't so know exactly wow. what I talk about where. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, So gosh. way before the Battle for Azeroth expansion there was another novel by Christy Golden, uh, before the storm. Um, the main point that comes back up in this uh, sort of kind of in our headspace here is uh, the peace summit between the Forsaken and the families uh, who have been living in Stormwind. Um, I'm pretty sure we did talk about this because this is when Sylvanas decided to murder the Forsaken that wanted to leave Lordaeron and go live with their families.
0: I mean, if if you're not with me, you're extra dead.
1: Exactly. Um she also murdered another woman here who was not a forsaken which I I don't remember how much we talked about her. Uh, Calia Menethil uh, had recently resurfaced. This is the, the sister is of Arthas Menethil um, and she did die in the book uh, except not quite. Uh, she was taken to the priest order hall uh, where we you know where priests did their fighting against the Burning Legion, um, <laughs> and Anduin helped resurrect her, except not entirely. Like she's, okay, she's dead, but undead. But she's not rotting. But she's also not alive. Hot, yeah, she, she, and like her new model in game looks so cool. Um, but she's gonna come up right away. Uh, Tironda Whisperwind, also the leader of the Night Elves. Uh, She had completed a ceremony to become the Night Warrior, uh, which is linked to Elune's dark phase as the moon goddess. Um, I don't remember how much we've gotten into this on the show. I feel like not a a whole lot. Uh, She, along with most of the Kaldorei army, as well as the Worgen of Gilneas, who we haven't talked about yet, um, that, that had all been living in Darnassus before the tree burned, They launched an attack on Darkshore, and this is what led her to that ceremony and um, kind of attacking the Horde in Darkshore. (laughs) Uh, And then after N'Zoth's death, the Alliance signed a peace treaty uh, with the Horde, which did not fly well with Tyrande. (laughs) <laughs> she basically tells Anduin to fuck off at this point, and she just, she kind of leaves with uh, a bunch of her, her night elves as well. Um, also, after Nizoth was killed, Kalia is called out to Tirisfal Glades for a meeting, um, which we get to see as Horde players. A forsaken woman named Lillian Voss meets Calia and Tirisfal, uh, along with some of the f- night elves who had been resurrected as f- essentially forsaken night elves. Okay. Um, Lillian we haven't really talked about. She's an interesting character. She started out uh, as a fanatical Scarlet Crusader and slowly came to realize that she could make things easier on newly raised Forsaken.
0: After okay. she kind of
1: embraced her identity. It's it's she's got a really cool story. We gotta talk about her at some point. Um And she she kinda of puts on a really good face of like for the horde and it's 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 pretty great. I don't know. I really like her. Um, and she's she's become sort of the interim leader of the Forsaken in the absence of uh, our lovely Banshee Queen. Wonderful! <laughs> Take on that mantle, girl! Lead yep. us all. She's doing good. Um, next one. I can't remember how much we talked about this young troll named Zikon. Um, He got the nickname Zappy Boy from the Battle for Azeroth trailer. (laughs) Oh my god, yes! He's a real Zappy Boy. Oh, he's so great! Oh, man. Okay. So, yeah. He was originally in the trailer for BFA, and then we latched onto him. And then Blizzard had something in mind for him, and uh, he basically kind of becomes the reason that Ferox Seraphang rebels against Sylvanas in the first place. Oh, shit! So, that's really cool. Um one of the night elves also that was raised during, uh kind of before the attack on darkshore um she was a follower of Shadow shadowsong she was a warden in life um Syra moonwarden she kind of died believing that she'd been abandoned by not only her friend but her goddess as well as pretty much everybody else around her oh that's heartbreaking yeah uh she she's not at the meeting with Lillian and Calia, though, she's, uh... We're gonna find out why in a bit, but, yeah, she's not with the other Caldore, And... Yeah, she's angry. (laughs) Um... All right, that's- that's most of the backstory that I think that I needed for this. And now we're gonna get into the- the the actual book itself. Yes! So, last spoiler- warning, if you don't want to get spoiled, Spoilers! Spoilers ahead! (laughs) Yep. If you don't want to get spoiled, leave now, come back later. If not, um, if you're worried, though, about any kind of Shadowlands spoilers, the only, like, there's really nothing in this book that's really containing the Shadowlands itself, Um, so we're we're pretty safe. And I'm avoiding anything that we, we, uh, you know, don't technically know yet at this point, so. Wonderful! Even though we're recording the same day of gamescom we're fine <laughs> it's cool deep breath <laughs> oh okay so i'm gonna go chapter by chapter um in this because i think it was the only way to really properly go through everything because everything kind of happens in pretty quick succession and some of it at the same time as other parts um but i'm mostly going into the important bits of everything Mostly, I I have a few little asides here and there (laughs) that are maybe not as important. Um, So, starting with the prologue, we meet with Anduin and Matthias Shaw in Westfall. Um, And we get, like, a really, really good look at Anduin's mindset here. He's... uh, he's got so many worries going on he's worried about what sylvanas is up to he's worried about you know taking care of his kingdom and everything so it's it's really nice to see that kind of look in his in his head um and then there's an explosion and a ruckus and anduin and matthias kind of go find out what's going on and they find (laughs) what (laughs) what what? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I just love
0: the idea of like there was an explosion and a ruckus. Yes. <laughs> like,
1: like an explosion seems like slightly more than a ruckus. S- small explosion and a ruckus that followed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Continue.
0: Okay. Ruckus
1: away. So they go find out what's happening, and this drug man has kind of blown a hole in someone's barn. Um, oh shit and uh yeah so the, the guy whose barn has just been exploded yeah, again small explosion not not like not like everything's it's ruined
0: not, So the the barn is not in smithereens it's just got an extra hole in it now
1: exactly yeah um, got uh, he definitely looks like the drunk man's father uh, so this drunk guy Yago. Uh he's actually pretty pissed at Anduin. And tells him so, which which pisses off Shaw, which is great. Um but Anduin sees where he's kind of been coming from cuz Yago had been in Arathi when they had gone to meet the Forsaken. Okay. And uh he blames Anduin for not having done more to save the people that Sylvanas killed, but specifically the man he loved. Ah yeah that'll
0: do that to somebody I was gonna be like why not just be mad at Sylvanas she's the one who fucking killed the
1: people but
0: love love makes the heart a little funky
1: I mean there definitely is like hatred for Sylvanas like that is absolutely like that that's not even contested at this point but at the same time he feels that Anduin could have done more to save them <laughs> and so we kind of get like the first peek into Anduin's guilt that he's been feeling Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah. Also, that was the first cry. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I relate very strongly to people who have lost people. Who have thought <laughs> Who could have imagined? Um, so Illyria meets them there, and she <clears throat> kind of this poor drunk, Jago. He... <laughs> he ends up basically trying to throw a punch at Anduin, and he falls. <laughs> Face first in the dirt.
0: Oh, fucking drunkers!
1: Yeah. So she's like, "All right, well, he's still breathing. Um, gotta talk to you, King." <laughs> so they kind of split off, uh, and she does not have good news. She Uh-oh. didn't. She has not found her sister. Huh? And Anduin's angry. He keeps thinking to the 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 many who have been lost uh, against the Legion, as well as Nazoth. Um. Even if, like, the Legion has got, like, they, they've they've been defeated at this point. They've been dealt with. Nizoth is gone. Mm-hmm. He's been dealt with. um, But we can't bring one woman to justice for all that she's done. Yeah, it's it's, it's heartbreaking. <sighs> all right. The, the the issues of
0: being a leader. Mm-hmm. All of that shit's just on your shoulders. And he's eighteen like oh fuck
1: (laughs) I feel like that doesn't help like a
0: child like I know not really but like basically
1: I mean like I'm 30 and I'd probably be in like the same spot that he is like I still feel like a kid a lot of the time so yeah um he also kind of has a a fleeting moment where he kind of questions like is Leary actually even loyal? Because you know she's got all these ties to the Void now. Um, but he he ends up reminding himself that like no, she's she's gotta prove it herself again and again.
0: Hell yeah! Don't judge everybody just because of the Void.
1: Exactly. Although we'll get some more to that later. So over at Orgrimmar, across an entire ocean, <gasps> um, the new Horde Council is being briefed by two Tauren Braves. So. They, they've they essentially disbanded uh, kind of the idea that they need to be led by a warchief, and now it's just a horde council. Okay. So, like, representatives from every race within the horde. Sweet. Um, a couple of Sylvanas' dark rangers have been caught, but they poison themselves before they could be questioned.
0: Smart. Yep. And uh, Thrall yes. has... Nothing like that cyanide capsule underneath the molar.
1: I don't know if this there actually we need s- it. S- I don't know if Cyanide actually exists in in Azeroth. But, like, same well, idea. They don't have apples? They do have apples. Oh, yeah, that does come from apples, doesn't it? Yep. Okay, yeah. It, they, they don't actually say, they just say some vile concoction.
0: Vile concoction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and then Thrall has to keep reminding himself that he's not the leader of the Horde anymore, and uh, everybody kind of keeps... Looking at the empty seat that's there, that's meant for the Forsaken. Aww. And then. Sad. Hmm. Sad. A little bit. But hey, you know what? They burst right in, right there, and kind of surprise the poor Torn Braves, <laughs> 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 who just don't know what to do. Uh, Lillian Voss, followed by uh, Callia Menethil, and they take their their. Seats. Um, they were talking about how they had to take a detour to avoid Alliance ships. Um, they were kind of, I guess, investigating a way of taking over Lorderon again. That, but it's still blighted, so they're they're hoping that one day maybe they can take it over again. And then uh, Kalia kind of makes a bit of a mis- misstep. She mentions the name Derek Proudmore. Uh oh, which is. Pr- Proudmoore specifically is a name that's going to set off Talanji, because she blames the Proudmoores for killing her father because it was kind of Jaina's fault <laughs> right oh Jaina yeah so they uh, sh- she gets into an argument with Lillian over like we can't trust the Proudmoores blah 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 and, but like Derek's one of us like you kind of have to deal with it and then, so Talanji storms out as Thrall brings order to the meeting, and uh they 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 pretty much dismiss at that point and they head outside to towards uh, some tents that were set up for a feast um and Thrall gets held back for a second. It's so back. back um, messenger has has shown up from the earthen ring, which is uh I think we've talked about them a little bit they're they're kind of the they're kinda of like the group of shaman that just kinda of look over the world. Oh, okay. Kinda of like how there's like the group like there's like the group of um, druids that do that. They're the snare and enclave. These, these, yeah. this is just the shaman version of it. Yeah, okay. So Thrall knows Yuka. Who like he's he's an orc that's getting up there in age. He would not have made this journey if it wasn't like super super important Mm. um and yuka warns them that something's very terribly wrong the spirits do not answer the calls of the shoppen they're angry um they refuse their wisdom it's it's a mess there's something there's something wrong in the spirit world uh oh yep so thrall assures him that the council will hear, hear his concerns and then we're off to go to dazbir where we meet a new troll. Um, Apari. We've, we're, we're gonna find out more about her, like, through her own memories a little bit later. So she's a little bit mysterious when we first meet her. Um. All we really know about her is that she has a nasty infected wound on her leg that, uh, cannot be treated. She's, she's tried, even with her knowledge of herbs, she's, she can't do it. And nobody else has been able to treat it either and actually, like, heal it. Um that's a little ominous mm-hmm. and so she's kind of accepted it especially because like someone actually basically told her like it's your fault that this is still festering and so she's kind of accepted it at this point point. and so she focuses on her revenge instead um, so when we first meet her she's been practicing with some kind of herbs on this poor zandalari troll who's a follower of Talonji I'll get into the details of that in a second, but uh, first we're gonna meet her bodyguard Teo, whose family had been loyal to Yasma at the time of the coup, so she had been exiled along with her family, like, way back when. Um, She announces that a Pale Rider has come to see Apari. The Pale Rider being none other than Nathanos Blightcaller. I don't remember how much we've talked about him. He's... that name does
0: not ring any bells for me I,
1: yeah I think I think I specifically left him out because I want to talk about him specifically on his own but he's mm-hmm. he's big to the book he's essentially Sylvanas' right hand man okay um what was his name again Nathanos Blightcaller did I not put him in the lexicon
0: oh you probably did I'm just not looking at it okay <laughs> well
1: fine <laughs> 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 i told you i'm crocheting that's fine um so she's there along with uh or he's there rather along with uh syra moonwarden so apari tells him that the dead troll like whose body is basically being like ripped apart and melted by the poison that she's been <gasps> using Oof, bro. Uh, yeah it's it's like Nasty poison, like it, it. There's ooze coming out of your eyes and your mouth. And yeah, it's it's nasty.
0: I ooze uh, is like the worst ooze.
1: Right? I'll take any ooze over I ooze. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Okay. Um, so the, this this is a promise to her mother and to all of Xandalar that the traitor queen will die. And then, so now we get to spend a little bit of time with Zakan. I I love Zakan, okay? (laughs) Is that Zappy Boy? I love Zappy Boy. (laughs) Right? Um, He just wants to be useful, so that's what he kind of tries to do as much as he can. Um, And he's he's a pretty observant little troll. He notices that one of Queen Talanji's entourage is missing. Uh oh! And so he goes to offer her some help. He's like, "Well, okay, like, can I get you a drink or something?" And she's like she gets like super suspicious of him, and she's like, "Are right, excuse me? Are you here to spy?" And he's like, "No, no, 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 no! No, I just want to be helpful." And then starts backing up, and then he backs up right into her servant, falls mm-hmm. over. He spills the goblet that the servant was carrying.
0: Ooh, was the goblet poisoned? How'd you know? Hello. <laughs>
1: Oh, zappy
0: boy, you precious boy.
1: It's only Zakan that notices, though. Um, like, nobody else actually really notices, and so he he kind of smells it, and then he gets up and he's like, what are you trying to serve her? Um, and then the the servant kind of takes out a dagger and lunges towards the queen, and Zakan stops him, really. He's a little shaman, so he uses, he uses lightning bolt um, to... Oh, like Pikachu. Kind of, yeah. He's uh, he lightning to it's throw. A... <laughs> oh no! <dear. laughs> I'm never gonna unsee that. <laughs> <laughs> so he stops the would-be assassin with lightning. While there's also an axe flying at the assassin, just past his head. <laughs> Um, and then Thrall runs over to the assassin, and the assassin ends up killing himself before he can be questioned, but he warns with his dying breath, she will know our bite. Ooh. Vipers. Mm Mmm. Nope. Talaji's a little bit ticked off by this, though. She's, she's like, um, like, the assassin was a Zandalari servant, not a horrid person. Just gonna put that one out there. But she ends up getting really, really upset and just sets off in an angry rush. Uh, Zakan, meanwhile, kind of. He's like, I was definitely firmly on my feet before, before that happened, and it felt like something pushed him. Okay. So only he and Thrall are very worried, and everybody else is just kind of like praising Zakan, like, oh yeah, you're a hero. Yeah, you saved the queen. But he's scared. <laughs> So, something's going on. Um, so, back into Zara lore, we get to spend a little bit more time with Talanji uh, and some of her reflections. She thinks about how her father was murdered, um, and how the the Horde... She feels that the Horde is too set on their armistice to be able to give the Zandalari what they wanted, uh, which is justice against the Proudmoors. And then she also thinks about the assassination attempt and then Zakan's <laughs> apparent clumsiness. Because that's what it looks like. Yes. And and then she calls on Bwonsanthi to talk to him. So she keeps asking him uh, to bring forth her father's spirit so that she could, like, kind of seek counsel with her ancestors, right? Um, But he won't give it to her. And then he actually mentions that he's the one who shoved Zikhan. So he... Oh! (laughs) Because she's like, oh, you can't take credit for a troll's clumsiness. He's like, actually, I'm the one who pushed him. So... (laughs) So you're welcome, bitch. Pretty much, um, and she's surprised. It's uh, She's surprised that he's not like making little cracks at her whenever she's like, "I want to speak to my father." And uh, she starts noticing that he starts se- it seeming a little bit dimmer um, as he refuses one last time and uh, reminding him, m- reminding her that their bond does not make him her servant. So that's that's kind of important,
0: right? I don't, I'm not here to do what you say, bitch. Remember, I'm like a god of death. Figure it out.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, so back in Nazmir with Nathanos this time, Um, he and a number of dark rangers uh, were kind of fleeing a Zandalari patrol uh, and they're, they're using Zandalari arrows against them. Okay. okay. So that's pretty important. Uh Syrah is also with them as well and uh we get a little bit into an in- we get a little bit of an insight into what some of the Forsaken kind of feel in Nathanos, kind of like reflecting on what Sierra is like at this point. Uh the way he sees her is that she has her rage at everything. Uh basically that everything has left her in an isolating darkness. Um and really only takes orders as long as there's a high body count. (laughs) Okay. And in the past, he had embraced this feeling, but he chose to instead grow with it uh, instead of just, like, instead of just letting that consume him, he became stronger out of that. Um, Okay. And we also kind of get an idea of what their plans are at this point. So, Nathanos and Syrah make their way into the main cabin of the ship once they get rid of the Zandalari patrol, And he points out their true goal on a map of Nazmir. The Necropolis. Uh Uh-oh. So that's like temple and place of power. Right? Um, And they talk about Bwonsamdi and how how he'll likely use his knowledge of death against them. If they don't deal with him.
0: Well, I mean, that's kinda his wheelhouse, so like, yeah.
1: It makes sense.
0: Right? It's like saying you know... (laughs) A hunter might use a gun against you.
1: Well, and, and uh, like, also, like, using death against an undead, it makes sense, right? Like it's, right. It seems like something that would be possible and useful.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But Sarah gets kind of upset. She, she'd rather be at Sylvanas' side, because there's likely the most killing to be done there. Um, worrying, and she kind of worries that the Horde or Alliance could actually find Sylvanas. Um And Nathanos reminds her that she will not be found, and there are more important goals for their plans to go, uh, for their plans to be able to go right, essentially. That's what it is. Uh, so another Dark Ranger meets up with the ship and reports to Nathanos. Uh, she reports that is still alive, the assassination attempt was, was bust. And so now their plans need to change. So Nathanael's new orders at this point are for their spies in the city to pr- start spreading rumors that the Horde have lost faith in the Queen, and just start a campaign of fear. Uh-oh. Gotta love rumors, man. So it's... effective. I know, right? It's like we're dealing with that in real life. Yep. Fake news! <laughs> so, we finally get to chill a little bit in Orgamar or kind of lack of chill, because Orgamar is very, very hot. Ha <laughs> funny. Kind, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a desert. It's in a desert. Um, Khan is also sweating nervously because he's been entertaining some children who are skipping their shamanic lessons to instead hear about how he saved Talanji. It's like really cute. I love those kids. Um, <laughs> and then he gets summoned to see the Horde Council pretty quickly, and then um, he's basically being asked by the Horde Council to be the, an ambassador to Zuldazar. Um, kind of a bit as a spy, but also to make sure that the relations between Zandalari and the Horde remain okay. Okay. So, before he can accept, he he's like, he, you know, he's thinking to himself, uh, very nervously and he feels like a heavy hand on his shoulder with a very familiar presence um, and it's Farrok Sourfang urging him to be strong and you know go forth basically do the thing exactly um, so he accepts and the council fl- uh, files out leaving Zakan Thrall and Rokan in the hold uh, and then Thrall explains that he has his own journey to go to on uh, to uh, to go on to Nordrassil to investigate the un- unrest in the spirit realm, and then Rokan also gives him a dagger. Rokan gives Thrall a dagger. Nope uh, sorry, Zakan a dagger. Gives Zakhan a dagger. Rokan gives Zakan a dagger. Uh, Zakan a dagger. <laughs> okay. Troll names, man. Right.
0: Is it a special dagger? Is there any kind of information about it? It's it's, it
1: just... it's it's basically just a way for him to be armed even if his energy's been spent.
0: Oh, okay. It's your yeah. last line of defense if your majory fails or whatever. Majory yeah. might not be the right word.
1: No. Well well, I mean it's still magic. So yeah. it kind of works in that way, but yeah. Shaman y powers. <laughs> his zappy powers, if you will. He is pikachunis Fuck. <laughs> Okay, so back at Stormwind, um... Anduin speaks with Tyrallian and Gen about their, um... ...about some of the spies that have been found dead. Um, they've all been killed with Zandalari Arrows... ...but not with Zandalari Tactics.
0: These Zandalari Arrows, man! Do they- are they starting
1: an arms-dealing business? No. The Dark Rangers have been using Zandalari Arrows uh oh because it's their it's their tactics um, and they speak about what they know about Zandalarian horde relations as well as they're trying to figure out if Sylvanas might actually be on, in Zandalar because she wants something there and yeah there's from what the alliance knows though like Zandalar and the horde are like buddy buddy even though that's not really what's going on
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but yeah. Anduin orders Teralion to take Illyria to find Sylvanas and he names him Lord Commander of the Alliance Forces and tells them to use whatever means they must. Oof. Those
0: are some big words. Right. Things kinda get out of hand when you give people
1: the leash. Yeah, we're gonna get to that in a sec. <laughs> Um, back into Zara lore, though, Talanji is meeting with her own advisors and listening to petitioners. Um, she finishes the last one as a young jungle troll arrives, and is kind of very nearly killed <laughs> by the crowd, being egged, egged on by shouted rumors that the Horde will not protect the Zandalari Queen, or that they did not, rather. Um, so she stops them, because she recognizes him, but she didn't actually stay long enough to grab his name. <laughs> okay so she's call- she calls him forward to introduce himself um so being as inexperienced as he is uh, <laughs> he kind of admits that he's a bit of a spy not just an ambassador but like
0: <laughs> oh jeez
1: like the entire point of this was that that was the idea that was kind of kind of like warm to up to him was like he's inexperienced so he's going to kind of maybe admit that he's a bit of a spy, but he's also <laughs> there for her. So then she kind of shows him around the palace, um and then she's also kind of hoping that he's going to give her some information that maybe he wasn't necessarily willing to give as well. Yeah. Um I can't so, such an inexperienced spy. <laughs> <laughs> right I'll tell you I'm a
0: spy I'll let slip some of our secrets you know junior grade
1: stuff exactly um, and then as as they kind of get to where her father was killed um, she ends up talking about actually losing her father and she kind of asks him like are you even like are you going to tell him about this and he's like no your, your grief is your own uh, but then he also talks about how he's lost two fathers first his own um and then he tells her about Farrok. Which is like it's like it's it's such a sweet part of the book. And yes, I cried here. Number two <laughs> ding ding ding. I didn't actually write down exactly where I cried each time, but I was like, I remember the very first one, I remember this one. There's a few others that I'm like, Oh yeah, I cried. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um but they're very rudely interrupted by yet another assassination attempt. Gosh golly. Um, yep. so one of the two guards at the door is killed um, and so Talanji and Zakan help the remaining one to survive essentially so one of the people attacking or one of the trolls attacking the uh, palace at this point a- ends up making it through to Talanji with a dagger uh, <gasps> pressed, pressed to her throat and mentions <sighs> yeah uh, and mentions that the widow's bite is all around Talanji
0: Ooh, widows bite, huh? Not mm-hmm. vipers, but
1: widows.
0: Yeah. Like black widows? Like spiders.
1: Ooh, your favorite thing. Sure. Like, <laughs> but more specifically, we do you remember Yasma and Shadra? Spider people? Uh, well, Yasma's the one that um, took Shadra's essence to become a spider person thing
0: mm-hmm. mm. yeah
1: yeah uh but yeah it's related to her uh, Whoa, <laughs> shit so bond once somebody pops up in the room basically just to scare the assassin like kind of like pokes him on the shoulder and like scares him enough so that zakan can de- like um can throw a dagger at the assassin and kill him
0: Well, good teamwork. Those two seem to be like the dream team when it comes to not killing the queen. Right? Um. Ooh, buddy cop poster with like, uh, oh god, I forget his name, but Somdi as like Ash and Zappy Boy as Pikachu. Yes. Visual.
1: (laughs) It's it's Detective Pikachu,
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, but with Bomsomdi and Zappy Boy.
1: Oh my god. That'd be amazing. Cinematic
0: gold. Yeah. fiction writers of the multiverse, Get, hop to it, bro.
1: Onward. And please send this to me, because it sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so, the rest of the group uh, that is trying to kill Talaji this time, they once again are dead Uh, they rush the guards weapons (laughs) in order to not survive like well yeah
0: you know that's like assassin 101 if you fail you die somebody's gotta die if it's not the person you're getting paid to kill it's gonna
1: be you that's true um but Talandri also recognizes that uh Zakan is uh like she was alone when her father died but now she's been she's sitting there with an ally in Zakan Aw. Mm-hmm. Friendship. So now we get to spend some time with Sakan again, who he's waiting to be able to talk to the the council again. Um, and uh Samdi comes to talk to him. So he holds up his dagger I in tribute, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's basically what happens. So but he's he's holding up his dagger in tribute to Bond Samdi. Uh, who actually calls him Zappy Boy? <laughs> yes! <laughs> canon! Yeah! Cannon! Madeline Rue made this canon, and I'm so happy about it. Um, but yeah, so this. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited about this. So, Ponsampi's got a deal, though, in mind for Zakan. He's gonna give Zakan a vision of death, and in return, he wants Zakhan to make sure that Talanji sits on the Horde Council it's what's best for Zandalar, it's what's best for Bwonsamdi, and uh, it's kind of also why Zakan is here anyway.
0: Win, win, win!
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So Zakan accepts. Uh, And then the vision that Bwonsamdi gives him is uh, it's a vision of Saurfang in whatever his afterlife is. And he's reunited with his wife and son. And it's, like, kind of super touching. Aw. Pretty sure I cried there. Ding, ding, ding! (laughs) Uh, so we're off to the Urathi Highlands uh, where Illyria has, is uh, chasing Sylvanas through the woods uh, the shadows are pressing in and Sylvanas seems to kind of best her and brings forth uh, Illyria's son Arator and Turalyon her husband um, and they end up being consumed by shadows their bodies being reduced to dust and yeah. she wakes with a scream from her nightmare Still in, a, <laughs> still in a saddle and marching through the highlands with Terellian at her side well shit yeah terrifying nightmares uh, so they're met by a couple of scouts who reported a small encampment nearby mostly women and, and children um, but Illyria urged them forward uh, basically, the idea that they're going to strike swiftly in case there could be a Dark Ranger, or maybe even Sylvanas present. So they come up on the encampment, and it's indeed mostly farmers and families. Um, and an orc mother stands out to Illyria. For whatever reason, she has a toddler with her as well, um, and and a little baby in her arms. So like pretty young family yeah (laughs) so the toddler ends up actually basically trying to charge Illyria and (laughs) Torelli just kind of like very gently stops him like yeah no that's not happening and puts him back down and then Illyria tells him something very important um at this point uh she tells him that war is not glory war is seeing people at their very worst and choosing to protect them anyway which is a direct quote from the book I pulled it out of there because yeah, that's that's very important. Um, so she ends up wanting to speak to the mother, but Trelia insists that he speak with her first. So she agrees, and he tries for almost an hour and gets like, he got her name, and no, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Illyria's turn to do whatever must be done at this point. Um, the two of them talk about it, and they're like, alright, well, we gotta do it. So... when she goes over and the mother refuses to answer again, Illyria starts using her void powers to invade the orc's mind and sift through her memories. Oh, shit! So, she's interrupted by the Forsaken of the encampment, who you know, ends up spilling the beans. Like, basically, please don't hurt her anymore. I'll, I'll tell you everything. Mm-hmm. Um, a a Kaldori Dark Ranger had been traveling with them uh, for a couple days and then uh, basically she got a wound healed up by him and then she traveled south to charter a boat. Um, So a good solid lead. And then Illyria orders him to be taken to Stormwind in case he's got any more details that he just didn't want to give up yet. Um, And then more food and water to be given to the encampment and she kind of words them hey you should find another place. To camp because the forest trolls will likely raid you if you stay here.
0: Oh, shanap do! Friendly
1: warning! I'd, I'd say about as friendly as Illyria gets at any point. <laughs> um, back in Nazmir again, we get to see Apari, the leader of the Widow's Bite. Um, so two assassination attempts on Talanji having failed at this point she knows that the horde is going to come and ask questions so that needs to be stopped she needs to cut Xandalar off from everything uh, even if it seems that the queen does not actually look well even though she's survived a second attempt on her life so Pari leads her followers in a ritual spell using a noble Xandalari troll as a sacrifice oh shit <laughs> and not a willing one. Ooh. It's rough. Um, he's He basically begs her to live so that he can be, see his daughter married uh, and as they finish they uh, they hear some thunder from the east signifying that they were successful in sun- summoning a storm that is going to cut off Zandalar from everything else in the world. So it's going to be an impassable storm. Oh wow. That's so... intense. Oh, it's very intense. Um
0: what kind of storm are we talking here? What kind of what kind of area is Zandalar? Is this like a dust storm or like a hurricane? I guess you said oh, thunder, it's, right? So it's yeah. gonna be like hurricane ish.
1: It's like they're a pretty tropical sea based island. Yeah, okay. So very tropical storm. Very magical storm very not natural storm. Um but before natural we... <laughs> No, that's normal. That's paranormal. Okay, never mind. No, mm, I got nothing else. All right, before we get into more of that, though, we are going to take a quick trip to the auction house.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. If you like what we do, consider donating through our Patreon at patreon.com slash bam. If you're unable to do that, we would also appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or any other podcast service that you use. It helps us open up to a wider audience. You can also share us with your friends, your family, your guildies, your neighbors, your bus riding companions, your teachers, your government officials when you're writing them being like you're making bad choices. Also, check out this awesome podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, check out this awesome podcast where we talk about (laughs) war that still has some pretty good commentary on what we're actually dealing with in real life yeah actually yeah Exactly. share with everybody (laughs) directly to certain episodes catch our machinima with bam bam series which is available for patrons a week early and goes up weekly on tuesdays except for the last little while where i apparently accidentally took a hiatus i'm sorry august got away from me (laughs) Um, life is weird Yeah. Uh if you have any suggestions for that we do take them on Discord or by email. Um or if you wanna tweet me. You can tweet Senpai.
0: Yeah. Heck yeah! If
1: you wanna also if you wanna get in touch with us
0: over on Discord, there will be a link in the show notes to on the website to join that. It is open to everyone with a patron only section.
1: Um also if you wanna come hang out with Senpai on stream CB uh, fail or win at stuff uh, I stream mostly raids on Twitch As well as a lot of other things now um, And including Multi-boxing
0: Ooh Is that <laughs>
1: like It's playing multiple characters at the same time
0: Oh Okay I was like boxing But like more than one person at a time <laughs> No it, it, It's <laughs>
1: It's it's playing multiple accounts, but yeah, I was able to do it uh, in, in Raid last night. It was so ridiculous, or not last night, the night before. It was so ridiculous and fun, and it was amazing.
0: <laughs> Very entertaining. We also now have a merch store on Teespring! Yay! It's linked with Twitch, or... And you can get our logo on a shirt or a tank or a mug, as well as Creative Conundrums' logo, which is the other podcast that Senpai does with our friend Doc. Yep. We're working on a way of selling our stickers that we make ourselves as well, but that's not going to be done through Teespring, so stay tuned for how we're going to get around that.
1: Yep. I will definitely be announcing it on stream, definitely on Twitter, so do the follows and and, and the whatnot. stickers
0: are so cool oh my goodness i, I want was, them all
1: i was gonna take a picture of them and like like nice pictures of them to put on twitter because <laughs> the one that i sent you is like middle of the night and i'm cutting them out and they're, they're on my legs so <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but so i just you make sure that you you send me a picture as well because i'll post them on our instagram um, Absolutely. we all the history at Instagram, peeps.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, everything will be announced everywhere, uh, and probably also Discord, so, yeah, just... Stay yeah. tuned, folks! Things are happening! We'll be there. Um, but yeah, I forgot to do that yesterday, and I was, uh, I should spend some time and do that today, I think. <laughs> back to the novel. So back in the Arathi Highlands, um... Huh. Jaina uh, has been sent by Anduin to. Uh, they haven't heard from Illyria Trallian in a few days, and he's getting a little worried. So she goes to collect some information, and as she arrives, she sees Teralion holding a man down with golden chains, while oh, shit. Uh, yeah, uh, while Illyria prods his mind with void magic, and. Uh, like you know,
0: like the holding him down with gold chains sounded like a little rapey, and then like probing his mind just brought it there.
1: It's it's it it literally is torture, right? Like my goodness. Um, and Jana's not happy about it, and she she kind of gets into a little bit of an, an argument with Illyria and Torielian about it, and they're basically just like, "We we're doing what has to be done at this point." Like. We need to find Sylvanas and bring her to justice.
0: They were told any means necessary.
1: They were. Um, So, I don't know what to tell you, girl. And they did find out that the Dark Ranger uh, chartered a fishing boat heading for Zandalar. Um, And then Jaina kind of, she kind of cradles his head as he's like kind of recovering after she lets him go. Or after Lyria lets me go and um he gives her one final warning that they have six days before it's gonna be impassable by Storms. Oh shit. So yeah. Um so Jaina hurries back to Stormwind to speak to Anduin in regards to where the Ranger's going, as well as uh you know, Lyria and Tyrellian's tactics right now. <laughs> Aw, she's telling on that. She actually even like thinks it to herself. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go tell. Uh, I'm gonna go tell. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go tell Anduin what's up with the rager, and I'm also gonna tattle on you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy Anduin. And he's actually not surprised entirely, and she kind of—he's
0: the one who fucking told them to do the things. He must have known that that probably meant some mind raping.
1: But she wasn't there for that, and she kind of notices that Anduin's kind of starting to change a little bit. Um, She reflects that his heart is turning to steel as he kind of asserts that difficult decisions have to be made um, to do anything to bring murderers to justice. A steel heart and an iron fist. Pretty much. Um, and she's kind of a little bit, like, she's really not happy about this, like, <laughs> you know, the son of her friend is going down this pretty dark path, but she reminds him that clarity and time will shape the final story. Um, and that kind of reminds him that he's, she's, she'd know, uh, and then she leaves the room. Mic drop. Yeah. Um, Oh, my favorite part of the book. All right, we're aboard the Bold Arva, which is F- Flynn Fairwind's pride and joy. So Flynn Fairwind is a Kul um former pirate who he's basically now turned to working for Stormwind. Because basically okay. everybody has at this point. Um, and so, yeah, he's sailing the seas and he's kind of blathering on quite drunkenly to Matthias Shaw who keeps trying to ignore him <laughs> uh, it's so cute oh
0: god I've definitely been around drunk people
1: like that right um, so the storms have started uh, th- they're close to Zadalar, and the storms have kind of started around them a little bit and so Flynn being an old hand at sailing um, while Shaw is not having a good time Shaw almost falls into the sea <laughs> oh shit and Flint grabs him and he's like alright you're going below deck I'm way too drunk for this go and so they make their way into the captain's quarters and then they get a report of a fire being on the ship so they rush back oh, out onto shit. the deck <laughs> yeah they don't stay there long either they rush back out on, onto the deck um and then their tide sage which is it's it's like it's like another kind of sect of shamanism that's specific to Cultirans. Um, she uses the water from the sea and quickly puts out the fires. Smart. Uh, so, a message arrives by Mechanical Shark. Or, sorry, Mechanical Shark. I can't talk today. That's
0: fucking epic!
1: right? I want a
0: Mechanical Shark that delivers messages? Jesus! Gnomish technology! Up.
1: Gnomish technology! Right? <laughs> Um, uh, so Matthias takes the intelligence reports from, uh, from the mechanical shark and uh, and he starts going over them as they make their way back into the captain's quarters and then Flynn starts asking him questions and they begin to theorize why the Horde have sent a spy after Talonji um, thinking maybe she's in league with Sylvanas uh, meanwhile, another storm is coming, and uh, if it's it's almost as if it knows where the ship is and is pinpointing it. Uh-oh. hmm
0: No outrunning that storm. Kind of, yeah. Is this the same storm,
1: or is there more than one magical storm occurring? It's, like, it's spreading very slowly around the island. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, but back in Nazmir... Uh, Syrah Moonwarden is waiting with Nathanos uh, for the Widow's Bite, they've called a meeting at this point, and she is really upset right now, <laughs> to say the least. She's standing knee-deep in a frog marsh that is just oh! teeming with life, and reminding her of, of how not alive she is. Uh-oh. Yeah.
0: Nothing like a bunch of frogs to make you question your own existence.
1: Well, and, like, not to mention, like, everything around her is alive, except for Nathanos and her. And she doesn't like that. She doesn't like that fact that she's not alive anymore. So, uh, um, the Widow's Bite shows up. Apari refuses the gold and jewelry that Nathanos offers. Um, and she demands much more something much more dear as payment. Ooh. Yeah. Now things are getting interesting. So, Nathanos gives her, um, we'll talk about what it is I think when we finally talk about him but he gives her basically a trinket from his past and prom- okay. and uh, basically says like if the like what they want at this point is they want the shrines to Bwonsamdi to be defaced and if that doesn't get done you're in for something really not cool to happen to you at that point because that is very dear payment that she expects
0: that's uh, Nathaniel being like if you don't come show up on your end, I'ma fuck you up.
1: Pretty much. And, uh... What's her? I mean, he's a man of his word. I'll give him that. <laughs> uh, you know,
0: uh, a Nathaniel Zubidly doobily always pays his debts.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so... Meanwhile, over in Orgrimmar, Thrall's been kind of biding his time. He's been waiting on reports as he readies himself for his own journey. He's he's kind of taken a modest little hut like hut for just himself until his family could maybe join him or he's done with the Horde and he can move back to his family cuz they're they're not they're not with him. He's got a wife and two kids and they're not there. <laughs> Yuka returns to him to deliver a message um, from Norjal again. The Night Warrior wants to see him. On the... on the condition that he brings what is owed.
0: Okay. Some cryptic.
1: Right? Uh, so he calls on Bane Bloodwolf, Bloodhoof. Bloodwolf. What? Wow. <laughs> Hi, English. He calls on I mean... Bane Bloodhoof. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. As well as Caliumanithil to accompany him. Uh, and so the four of them travel up to the World tree and uh, make their way over to meet Tiranda, where she's she's basically sitting in this like makeshift home with like some tents um, kind of close to the shores of the lake below the world tree. And the conversation is a bit lackluster. Thrall offers up apologies and remorse from the horde. Um, and there was some argument about justice what justice really was and Tyrande's silent pretty much the entire time and just kind of stares at Thrall and then you might even say she was in Thrall mm, no she's just angry like she's she's just sitting there angry come on that was fucking comedy gold (laughs) she does finally speak up though and tells him off and Thrall kind of realizes that he did not bring what was owed what was owed was not remorse and apologies so he leaves again with a promise that the next time he will bring her the head of Sylvanas Windrunner which makes her yeah at least makes her smile um and she says if he doesn't then to never seek to speak with her again oh shit there it is yup oh she's, she's good
0: those are some balls on the table
1: <laughs> so Talanji has been having nightmares uh, in regards to the widow's bite. Uh, she ends up waking up from one nightmare, um, kind of in a fit of fear, and calling for Buonsamdi, who, of course, you know, comes around. Uh, he confirms to her that her um, the attacks on his shrines are weakening him, uh, and they're also affecting her. And she looks at her hands and as they're kind of withering, she's physically weak, or at least weaker than she should be. So they kind of strike another bargain of sorts. Uh, Talanji's tired of being the subject of a deal, so she kind of stands her ground. It's her turn to call the shots. Yeah, she doesn't really want to ally with the hordes since they ignore the crimes of uh, Jana Proudmore killing her father, uh, but she also needs their help in order to protect Bonsamdi. Um and because Bhonsombi wants her, uh, she he wants her to. Uh, Stay allied with the Horde because it's the only way to Protect him and to make him strong again Um but once this is done She wants to be free of the deal that her father made She does not want to be tied To the uh to war And uh He kind of reluctantly agrees Warning that she might not like the idea of being Completely alone yeah, sounds, like sounds like typical, like typical gaslighting, gaslighting shit, shit. Ka- It's more that like He can lend her His power Mm. Yeah. Okay. Whereas if if she's not tied to him, she's tied to nothing. She's tied to no other Loa at all. Razan's dead. Yeah. That that's it. Like, it's just her at that point. No, nope, that's, that's fair. fair. Understandable. So not so much gaslighting. Just like there's there's power to be had if you have a deal. So <laughs> it's kind of important. So an emergency council meeting is called, uh, and Zakhan is there uh, to address the issue of the Widow's Bite and the threat that they pose. So Talanji speaks to the council saying that they need to go to the Necropolis immediately, um, with the hopes of forcing the Widow's Bite into open conflict. Um, Rokhan ends up showing up at this point. Uh, He was only able to get to Dazar Alor by air, which... Is now due to the storms that have almost surrounded the entire island, um, and he quickly reminds her that her people don't necessarily believe in her right now. Uh, the meeting doesn't exactly go well—at least for actually, it really doesn't go well for anybody. Talanji seems to keep forgetting that the only propaganda that's being spread right now is the stuff that the Widow's Bite is spreading, um, <laughs> which is it's rumors that she is weak and cannot protect her own uh she also keeps wanting to refuse horde troops unless the horde is also willing to lend them when she goes after the proud which like rokhan and zakhan are like yeah they're not we're not going for that but we do want to be allied still and in this and other conflicts but there's more important matters that need to come first uh right then you're
0: just your petty revenge
1: yeah um including not letting the widow's bite raise the whole city against her, which is kind of on the verge of almost happening.
0: Oh, Um, snap-a-do.
1: Rakan is also troubled by the rumors that the rebels are starting to spread and how quickly they're moving. Um, Some Loa or something else must be helping them, so he won't entirely support Talanji until they have more information. Uh, So with Zakan left alone in the room basically saying, like, thanks for listening to me as the council leaves, while somebody comes again to speak with him. And he's like, you know, yeah, the council heard you. They're listening. They see something powerful in you. And they see somebody they want on their side. So he, he kind of, like, bolsters Zikon a little bit.
0: Oh, that's nice. What a good Ash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we're fine (laughs) (laughs) so off the coast of Nazmir again um, on the bold Arva Matthias Shaw has been kind of keeping him to himself in the captain's quarters and Flynn usually joined him as well which Shaw at first was annoyed by but then he kind of starts to relax a little and they end up talking quite a bit uh, Flynn opens up about how his mother had been a, a thief, um, and you know, and like what happened to her after she had been caught. Um, Shaw is about to open up, and they are very rudely interrupted by a pounding at the door. And as they're gonna go answer it, the ship uh, starts basically listing and throws Flynn crashing into the spy master. Uh, something kind of interesting happens here with with Shaw as as he catches Flynn. He notices the how Flynn smells of soap and salt and whiskey. And he, he notices the warmth of the man's coat. Yeah. Sounds sexy.
0: Right? It's like, mm, you smell good and you're warm. Mm, I like that.
1: Exactly. Like, that's, it's the kind of thing that you notice when you start falling in love with somebody. Oh,
0: You smell like whiskey and regret. <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't know if Flynn ever smells like regret. He's he's, he's an openly bisexual pirate. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that is confirmed
0: by the devs.
1: Yes! Come at me. So, Flynn starts barking orders as yet another storm starts overtaking the ship. Um, and it's time to make landfall and as quickly as they can. And then the ship hits a sandbar. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so, most of the crew. Being stuck at the bottom of a flight of stairs in like a ball of human yarn, um, Shaw and Flynn finally get themselves free and they make their way onto land. Um, where there's a look, uh, one of the lookouts from the ship sees some onlookers from the tree line. Some trolls were watching them as Shaw makes his way over to like a uh, kind of a pretty fresh campsite that they had had. And the trolls are wearing black and white uh, with a design like spiders.
0: Okay. I wonder who they are.
1: I wonder. So Shaw (laughs) digs around the campfire and he finds some pages and some arrows with modified Zandalari fletchings. More Zandalari arrows! Yep. So he gives them to Flynn, tells him to get back onto the ship um, and get the crew ready to set sail. And he kind of promises, like, hey, we'll be dropping anchor not far from here, but you gotta get that to the ship. So just then, more trolls make their way out of the trees. And they've spotted Matthias Shaw, and he draws his daggers and places them down on the sand in surrender. And then he calls out to Flynn, leaves Andalar, and Flynn's not happy about having to leave Matthias Shaw there. Uh, the crew was—they're—they're uh-huh. they're readying the cannons; they're like ready to fire on the on the trolls. Uh, but Shaw surrendered, and so Flynn orders them back out to sea. So the the trolls that came out of the trees. They're not the same ones that they had seen before with the black and the white clothes. Oh, okay, different trolls. They are rest they are Rastari enforcers, so they're they've got the the gold of the of the royal family on them. Mm. So, yeah. So in Proudmoor Keep, J- Jana feels a little bit trapped. So she's back at home, which is nice. But her mother insisted that they be gracious hosts to Elyria, Windrunner, and Terellian, And she insisted on a big meal.
0: Well, yeah, if you're gonna host, you gotta feed them.
1: Right, especially when you're, like, a noble family. It makes sense. Exactly. Just... You gotta
0: show off that wealth, otherwise people are gonna be like, are they not actually wealthy? God forbid.
1: <laughs> and Jane is like, I just wanna fucking get to dessert so I can go and plan more shit. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs>
0: Oh, let's skip to the cake in GTFO.
1: Exactly. And, it, like, she's also, like, really not happy with Hilaria still at this point. So, like, there's, there's a lot of tension here. <laughs> um, And then they're interrupted by a guard making his way into the room, who gets pushed aside by another man, yelling, They took him! Uh-oh! Who took yeah. who? So Flynn makes his way there, and he, he like, kind of throws... All of the notes that Shaw had just grabbed uh, from the campsite onto the table, and starts shoveling food in his mouth. <laughs> um, he keeps telling them. Er, he starts telling how they sailed as fast as they could, and uh, what Shaw found. Um, so T'ralid recognizes the arrow fletchings as the same ones that killed the alliance spies. So then. Flynn shoves the notes at Illyria, who recognizes the language on them as the Lassian. It's the High Elf language, which I guess is now Blood Elf language. And it's proof that the Dark Rangers are on Xandalar and working with the rebels. So, Illyria and Turallian draw the conclusion that Sylvanas was in Xandalar. But Jaina knew of Bane's report that there was no knowledge of the Banshee Queen on the island, and so she kind of stops them before they can just, you know, set off right away. Mm-hmm. She reminds them of the treaty that's been signed, and she's like, you know what? Let me try one last thing, and if that fails, then we'll do things your way. And they agree, so. Back in Orgrimmar, though, Th- uh, Thrall gets back from the World Tree, and he's basically ambushed by another fellow council member. I think I forgot to put him in your lexicon shit. Uh, the Pandaren leader of the Horde, G. Firepaw, kind of ambushes him with a letter from Jaina to the Horde Council, uh, with a small section of the note being just for Thrall. And he's like, this is an attempt to manipulate me with your friendship, thanks. And it works. (laughs) She asks Thrall to meet uh, with herself and Anduin in regards to the Dark Rangers being in Zandalar, and many of the other Council members have their doubts, but Thrall and G kind of calmed most of their worries. Uh, They They all agree to send Thrall and G to meet with Jaina uh, in the hopes of uh, kind of learning more about the Dark Rangers, kind of what they know, um, and possibly even more clues to Sylvanas' whereabouts. Um, And so they're sent off to a ship that, like, there's like a shipwreck that's just kind of floating off the coast of Zandalar and far enough out to not be affected by the storms, but still where they can actually see the the actual storms surrounding the island at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jaina and Anduin arrive a little bit later and Jaina hands over one of the arrows as well as the notes to Thrall and uh, they discuss how no one in the Horde would be w- willing to hide and help Sylvanas at this point. There's no love for her left in the Horde. Just yeah.
0: Well I mean yeah, Bitch Dundid said the Horde is nothing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to which I'm like excuse me? <laughs> right like come again do you want to throw down because I will throw down (laughs) so Jada and Anduin kind of hear about Talange's refusal to ask for help um, and Jada kind of understands why the queen is too proud to accept it and it's because of Thrall's friendship with her like it makes sense you know why does she want help from somebody who's friends with my enemy like that's that's, that's not cool yeah So Thrall asks for two days to see Zandalar and the spy master, who is now being held prisoner by the Zandalari royal family. Um, and then Jaina sends a portal to send them to the to the actual island, as well as send herself and Anduin home. As another storm breaks off and essentially goes after the shipwreck.
0: Oh shit! Magic storms, man.
1: Yep. So we get to spend a little bit more time with Apari again. Uh, this time, a lot of it in memories. She and Talanji, when they were children, were best friends, and she trusted with Talanji. She trusted Talanji with everything, and she even trusted Talanji when her own mother Yasma had turned on Rastakan. So again, Yasma, the, the witch or, or the priestess who took Shadra's powers and led the coup against Rastakan. <laughs> This bitch is just cray cray. And she kind of regrets not siding with her mother at that point, because at least then she would have been, died at her mother's side. Yeah. And then she. So she's been sitting with her bodyguard, um, kind of. They, they, they're looking out from the coast, at, kind of at the storm that they've created. Um, and her bodyguard sees Jada Proudmore on that floating shipwreck. Uh oh. And what so. What's he doing over there? Yeah. So. Apari is actually able to control the storm quite a bit. She, she sends a portion of the storm to the ship, and then that's when she, that's when uh, they disappear, essentially. Mm-hmm. At, at least from Apari's eyes, through their portals. Um, exactly. And uh, she, she actually blames Jaina for her now festering leg. And we get lost in another memory as to kind of why that is. When the Alliance attacked the city... Uh, a pillar basically cracked and actually landed on her lower body, and she cried out for help, but nobody nobody came to help her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that's when she was injured. Oh, um, yeah.
0: She... <laughs> yeah. Totally Jaina's fault.
1: I mean, Jaina kind of led the attack, so yeah, it makes sense. But she turns her attention back to the task at hand. Only three shrines remain to Bonsamdi, uh, and they need to be burned.
0: Yep. Burn them to the ground! Fuck you, Bombsomdi! Not actually.
1: I, I mean, we don't believe that, but that's basically what Apari and the Widow's Bite are all about. <laughs> yeah. So, Thrall and G spill out onto the plaza, uh, close to the docks of Desire Lore, and they set on heading up the Pinkamid that we all know and love. <laughs> Pinkamid. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what everyone calls it. <laughs> I'm guessing it's a pink pyramid? It's a pink pyramid, yeah. Yep. So, G has noticed six trolls following them with white paint on their faces. Uh oh. I bet these are the spider trolls. Mm hmm. So, they're attacked out in the open by these rebels. Uh, they handle the fight pretty well, and then Rakan, as well as a couple of Rustari enforcers, make their way over to see what all the commotion is. And. Rokan basically sends Thrall and G up, uh, uh, basically up to the throne on a massive pterodex that just kinda, you know, she kinda sits, sits in the plaza. She's the sky queen. I really like this pterodex. She's really cool. <laughs> but Thrall and G hop on her, and they fly up the rest of the way to see the queen. Uh, Talanji's not exactly happy to see them. <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. <laughs> They've come unannounced. She she basically assumes that they're spies. Um, yeah. But Thrall kind of tells her what's what's been going on. He tells her about the Dark Rangers working with the Zandalari rebels. Um, and everything kind of starts clicking into place for her. That's why they hadn't been able to stop the insurrection. That's why they kind of seem to be everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. And so she orders some of her forces out to protect the remaining shrines of onesamdi. Uh, and also, he also tells her about the Alliance spy that had been digging around on the shores, uh, and how he was investigating the very suspicion that the Dark Rangers were there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Which they are.
0: Well, shit.
1: So, down in the prisons. Uh, Shaw's been tucked away in the back of the prison, like, basically as far away as you can get from everything else. Um, and two of the guards that are stationed to guard him are quite young. Like, it seems like their first posting. Yeah. And so he decides to kind of start talking to them. And he talks about he's, he's going on vacation, and he had once gone to a small cabin out in the Highlands. Maybe I'd go out there again. And then he's like, you know, that actually sounds really lonely. Like, I'm really good at being alone. And he kind of catches the younger troll kind of nod. He's like, yeah, you know, you're right. I should go find a partner. Make a friend. He, he kind of reflects about how he may have had kind of the beginning of a friendship or maybe something more with Flynn Fairwind. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Ooh. A little sniff, sniff, smile. I think part of this is mostly in his head at this point. Um, But, like, he thinks about how, like, he basically, he imagines an entire conversation that he would have between himself and Flynn just kind of relaxing in the grass uh, next to a cabin. Aw. Yeah. Uh, And then the next day, the troll slips him a blade of grass with his food, uh, which he kind of, he doesn't realize at first, like, what it is, and then he's like, oh, wait, yeah, I was telling you about my bird calls on my vacation.
0: Oh, cute! Yeah. The people who can whistle with grass, that's always so cool.
1: I used to be able to, I wonder if I can still.
0: I mean, that would involve you going outside.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Without a a mask. Oh, that's scary. Okay. No,
0: no, you just go and get the grass and then bring it back inside.
1: I have to go pretty far for grass. There's not a lot of grass around me.
0: (laughs) I know, right? Downtown, man. It's the worst.
1: Yeah. All right. So, Zakan leads a small group of soldiers to one of the shrines. Um, It's close to some tar pits in Nazbir. That detail's important. Um, They get closer to the shrine and they see the rebels gathered around the shrine as well as the dark rangers with them including the thanos Ooh. and then they notice something else and are horrified something is squirming on top of the shrine two oh ch- no two children who <sighs> tied together you know their feet bound everything and it's it's very clearly bait yeah oh uh, it's awful so the soldiers make their way in the rebels are dealt with quickly enough uh the dark rangers not so much um zakhan ends up falling into uh one of the tar pits Uh, but he's not he's not giving up on saving the children he uses some of his shamanic powers he summons some wind to carry them over to him over the tar um and then some of the torches are getting closer to the actual tar pit So he starts retreating with the children as they kind of uh, getting close to the tar and he uses wind again to carry them over to the soldiers that he was traveling with Um, and just as they're kind of reaching out to him with a dinosaur bone to like basically as a last lifeline Mm -hmm. um, the fire on the tar overtakes him Sappy boy yep so oh Zakon experiences death at this point. Um, he and many other trolls are being dragged down into this never-ending pit, uh, where something evil stirs. And he hears all these voices around him calling for healers, uh, but he also hears another voice saying that only he could help the boy now. And what, whatever's like deep and down in this pit, it's noticed. Zakon, very specific, very specifically, Zakan, and it grabs him, and it starts pulling him down faster. <gasps> and then something else grabs him and starts pulling him up. Up and towards the oh, light. Man. And so, and it pull, and um, finally, whatever is deep down in the pit lets him go, and he's pulled up, and he's alive again on Azeroth. Holy shit monkeys. Yep. Bwonsamdi has saved him from death. Um oh. Though he's, <laughs> though he's been burned pretty bad at this point uh, Buansamdi his form is also very thin at this point uh, it, it took a good amount of energy to actually save Zakan in the first place um, and he tells Zakan and Talanji that what he's seen is the Maw and everything is going there no matter what their deeds are in life at this point It's supposed to be no
0: heaven and hell. There's just the void. Well,
1: it's it's supposed to be where the most evil of everything goes, right?
0: But right now,
1: something's not working, and everything's going going there. Ooh, Um, and it's it's part of why they need to stop the rebels. Uh, It's part of why they need to stop Lake Holler. All of it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also why there's unrest in the spirit realm, and it's taking almost everything out of one zombie uh, uh, to actually save trolls from the Maw and bring them to his own plane. Wow. Um, and whatever is actually calling the shots on that, it wants all other obstacles out of the way, including him, everything. So something's going
0: on. <laughs> oh, gosh! Gotcha.
1: And doing meanwhile. He, he He needs to take a bit to kind of step away from all of his worries. Uh, he can He keeps thinking about Sylvanas, Tyrande, um, Illyria, Terellian, Jaina, everything, and he kind of dons a disguise. He rubs some boot polish into his hair. He steals some clothes from some newly enlisted soldiers um, who have basically traded their old clothes for new armor. He scuffs up his boots with mud, and he heads out to Goldshire to have a few drinks, where Jaina catches him. <laughs> 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 And he's a little embarrassed about it, so she ends up catching him outside, out out, out, kind of back of the inn, and he's he's a bit embarrassed, and he's and but Jaden's like, you know what? I get it. I mean, like I'm here too, and he's like, well, you can show your face, and he's like, and she's like, all right, well, I'll go somewhere else. You relax, you know, with those new friends that you've made inside. Yeah. Um, And 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 I'll I'll leave you be. Like, I get it. You you need some time. To, to be a boy it's good <laughs> boy time basically like he's he's like 18
0: He <laughs> just wants to go down to the inn and have a few drinks maybe get some stinky you know
1: burp a bunch you know be gross yeah exactly not be a king all right so once uh she's sure that Zagan has been seen to Talanji heads back to the palace uh leaving her personal physicians with him and it's her turn to reflect on some memories uh, after kind of learning that it's her best friend who's been leading these rebels. Because she didn't realize that until now. The last time she had seen her friend, she had been forced to choose who to go to first. Does she go to her father? Who faced the Alliance forces alone? Or does she go to her friend? And she and ended that's up... a tough spot. Yeah, and she ended up choosing her father, obviously. Because that's why we're in this mess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then she calls him Bonsamdi and she reflects with him about how the Horde, basically they had come before, they stood with us before, Um, Zakan nearly paid with his life to stand with her people, and he's given her a little bit of hope. Uh, So she chooses to focus on the hope before anything else. So over in Nazmir again, the Dark Rangers and the Widow's Bite are preparing their final march against Bonsamdi. Um, they take the ruins to the south of the temple first, killing any and all there, and Syrah kind of revels in the death and the carnage as they take over the ruins. Nathanos, on the other hand, is some- is haunted by something in his past that we haven't talked about. I think we gotta do a whole episode on Nathanos. I, I think that's how we-, we we gotta do. In a way, though, it's actually Bwonsamdi playing with his mind. <laughs> Warning- oh, okay. Warning him that Sylvanas' new power can be taken away, and that the Lords of Death won't let her win. Hmm. So some foreshadowing like there. That's Ooh. exciting. Talanji <laughs> leads forty soldiers um into kind of the, the like kind of more, northernmost point of the city before they actually leave into the jungle. Um, along with Rokan, she'd been hoping for the horde reinforcements, but they had not arrived. Uh, and she's kind of scared at this point That she's waited too long A lot of her own soldiers actually refuse to join Because the Widow's Bite has been taking uh, Hostages and making threats Oh shit <laughs> But then just as they're about to leave the city A war horn blows um, And is it isn't the one that Rakan had just blown So Talanji wakes her way back over to the city And she sees the Horde arriving Led by Thrall And Bane and Thelicera Basically, leading the forces. And Talanji kind of, you know, she brings them to kind of join in with the rest of her soldiers. Um, and they kind of discuss their plan of attack, including that Lorthamar and Gazlo are sailing towards the northern shores of Zandalar, uh, because that's essentially the only way that the Dark Rangers have to escape at that point. Oh shit! Talanji also kind of blurts out that, like, you know, Zakan almost died. Uh, he kind of did die, but he's not dead. <laughs> But uh, he's been wounded really badly. Yep um, So Thrall assures her that he he wouldn't have volunteered for what he did if he didn't understand the risks. Yeah. And yeah, we love we'd love our sappy boy. We sure, we sure do. do.. Yeah. Finally, back over at the necropolis, the widow's bite has brought some of their own hostages over to Nathanos There's six of them, including a little girl who's no older than nine. Oh um, shit apari ends up threatening to kill the girl with her powders and her bodyguard kind of stops her at that point teo grabs her he and she throws the pouch of powder into the swamp and when a power when, when apari tells her off and slaps her um she's she basically she's stunned and she just kind of goes back to the the ruins that they had taken the night before it takes a few more threats uh, to the little girl for the o- other trolls to start chanting to bring forth Bunsamdi um and Bunsamdi's like you're, you're like fine yeah you could fight against me but you're you're going to be no match for Talanji's armies at this point and Athanas doesn't believe him he's like oh you're bluffing and the final attack on Bunsamdi begins so Thalister teleports the horde leadership first um, and then kind of a, a little bit of time take it takes to start getting everybody else there uh, but they make their way into the ruins as they rest, as the rest of the armies are summoned to the grounds. Uh, Talanji comes across Teo, and Thrall nearly kills her immediately. Um, oh shit! Basically, like, tell me why I shouldn't kill you right now? And she's like, you know what? Right. I cannot follow Apari anymore. She's done this. Th- she's done really bad things. I can't follow her anymore. And then she warns. She ends up joining the horde at this point. Oh, so yay! More allies, um, right? That's good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, there's also traps on the bridge leading to the necropolis, uh, which, of course, sounds exactly like Nathanos' kind of skill set. So Thrall uses some goblin engineering bots to kind of deal with those, and they charge and they charge in. They start attacking the rebels who are attacking Bonsambi, and they bolster Bonsambi's defense a little bit. He seems to be get, having less spirits to be able to call upon to actually defend himself at this point, too. Apari had been calling down Thunder to attack the Loa, and then she turned her attention to Talanji and sends a bolt flying towards Talanji. So she, Talanji brings a barrier, which reflects the bolt right into Apari's chest. Oh, shit. So she flies back into a pillar she wanted nothing, this witch who wants nothing more than revenge on her childhood friend, um, basically lays dying, and Talanji rushes over to her, uh, to soothe her last moments, and she, she kind of, there's this, like, interesting thought of, like, even though you want samdi dead, he's gonna save your spirit from the Maw. It's, it's, it's an interesting thought to Talanji, Right. So, Syrah Moonwarden, uh, is fighting hard to defend her rangers as best she can, calling others to her position to bring um, only to be brought down, for the most part. Uh, and Talanji moves to defend her allies, and Syra ends up getting herself cut off from everybody else, surrounded by Nightborn archers as well as Thrall. and he cracks her a- his axe into her helmet. Um, oh no- <laughs> man! Yeah, basically to knock her out, and orders her to be bound tightly and uh, a lot of the rangers at this point are falling back and they're retreating and then Bonsamdi starts laughing at Nathanos, who's, he's, he's, he's stayed to just fire at the Loa that's it, mm-hmm. that's, that's his big thing, and then Talaji realizes she can't lend Bonsamdi any of her strength, cause she has none left but she has her belief so she starts kind of praying for Bonsamdi at this point, which actually strengthens him, good cause that's how Loa work, they get their, what? they get their strength from, from Warships. beliefs. Yeah. Which I, I guess is also a and d It's also a and d thing. Like, gods are only gods because of the belief in them. I feel like that's
0: true for everything.
1: I think so, too. So, Nathanos kind of realized it's it's kind of pointless to keep fighting at this point, and he stops. And Talanji's like, you know what, I want to be the one to swing the axe. But, uh, while Syra had kind of taunted them before she got knocked out, Nathanos doesn't do anything; he just silently pulls a vial from his pocket, uncorks it, and black smoke seeps out of it, and takes him away, much like Sylvanas was uh, escaped after killing Varrick Saurfang. Oh shit! Yep. So they had stopped one death, but it was a bit of a hollow victory because Nathanos got away, and they didn't catch the—you know—they didn't catch him. They—they they, they obviously didn't catch Sylvanas. Talanji fi- decides that it's her time to take her place with the Horde Council, uh, and she catches a look of relief in Bwonsamdi's eyes. It's really cute. Aww. I like Bwonsamdi. Oh, oh, moment. <laughs> so, Matthias has been released um, at this point. He's helping to sail his Zandalari ship that took, um, to take him home to Stormwind. The storm surrounding Zandalar had been had, had cleared up at this point, because the you know the person controlling them is now dead. <laughs> He's been given one gift from the horde as well before setting sail, and it needs to be delivered exactly to exactly who Thrall instructed, um, in exactly the way that he instructed. So they get to Stormwind Harbor, and Anduin, Flynn, and Jaina are there to greet them. And then before it, before Shock could be like, okay, yeah, come see this, you know, gift that Thrall has given me, um, Flynn throws himself at Shaw, saying how he had sailed like a madman because i had to get you back
0: oh yeah
1: cute canon relationships Woo-hoo. <laughs> i mean sure they don't have the talk in the book but you know what they are a canon relationship that was confirmed by madeline rue that was confirmed by devs i'm so happy Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Queer representation Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy about it. But yeah oh it's so cute. So Shaw brings them down into the hold of the, the Oh, sorry, before we actually even get there. Because they do have a little bit of a conversation before they get to have the talk. He pushes the blade of grass into the pirate's hand. And is like, You know what, meet me at an inn later in the city later. Uh I, I have a conversation that I need to have with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Fun's like, alright. <laughs> So then, uh, so he leads Anduin and the others down into the hold of the ship Uh, where Cera Moonwarden is bound and gagged cool, should Napa do Yeah, so Anduin quickly Questions her about the whereabouts of Silvanus and she doesn't give him Any answers, but a small Wisp of purple magic travels down his arm As he regards her And it startles him, and then he Looks over at Jada, who looks Positively fearful, so Something's up there Something that we right? haven't something that something that we haven't specifically talked about. It's mostly an in-game mechanic kind of thing, but priests can call on both the light and the void.
0: That's okay. Why sha-
1: that's why shadow priests exist. Hmm. Um. And so, Jane is scared about that, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but yeah, that's I think that's something that we're gonna have to talk about in, an, in another episode about priests. So Tiranda finally answers a summons from Anduin at this point. She's coming to collect her gift from Stormwind because, uh, basically he sent the letter that Thrall, uh, had sent specifically for her. <laughs> and Thrall realizes that like, this isn't what's owed, but I'm hoping it's a start. Yeah. And so Tyranda goes to the stockades in Stormwind. This is, it's, it's kind of ironic to me. Cyra kind of tries to appeal in some way Uh, for some sort of sense of compassion from the night warrior which is like i'm sorry you've been reveling in death and carnage and you're gonna ask for compassion really okay right that just seems like some garbage (laughs) settle the fuck down there (laughs) but basically the only way that she's been able to feel anything is when she's killing at this point so, Tyrande threatened her a few times, and Cira's like, she's she's sure that Tyrande doesn't have it in her to kill uh, the Warden, and then Tyrande cuts her throat just a little bit, just enough to serve as a warning, like, kind of like a paper cut right across yeah. the throat. And, uh, Tyrande's like, yeah, I do have it in me, and that should scare all of us. Right. right. Which scares me, fuck. <laughs> Uh, so, Talanji sees the Horde armies back through portals to Orgrimar uh, from the docks of Xandilar, Zakan among them. And he's very bandaged and hurt. Aww. And Talanji asks how she could ever possibly thank him. And he's like, with a kiss. And he's like, wait, that's not a good idea. I'm still crispy under here. Maybe, <laughs> maybe next time.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, Zappy Boy.
1: I love Zakan. <laughs> Uh, so she promises that when she meets again, um, she's going to bring her physicians with him in case he tries any heroics next time. <laughs> <laughs> and then she also sends Teo, who's going to be her na- her new ambassador to the Horde. Basically, like, she'll join them when Xandalar is a little bit stronger. So when she's kind of restored some of some of her, uh, her, her nation's strength at this point. Yeah. Um, she starts making her way up to the palace again. From the bazaar, and uh, a little girl stops her um, and gives her flower, and she asks her not to make them all worship samdi because little girl likes Gunk, and Talanji's like, of course, you can pray to Gunk, that's fine. I'm not gonna make you pray to samdi but all of the Loa um, are needed to to help us survive. They'll all be whispering to me, and they'll all be invi- advising me. It's really cute. So she finally gets up to her room you know after the after a long day and when somebody surprises her from the balcony and she tells him that he's still gonna be the loa of kings but all the loa are crucial to the survival of Xandalar, not just him yeah and so she kind of amends their deal at this point she's still gonna remain tied to him but yeah she needs everyone he has to kind of re- relinquish a little bit of power. And he kind of warns her that she's going to be tested, and soon. And that scares her, and he's, he says it should. <laughs> oh, shit. What's going to happen next? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but he's got one more thing to say, and even if she's exhausted, she's going to like this. He's brought forth the spirit of Rastakhan. Uh While they talk, though, her spirit's, her father's spirit wavers a little bit. And when somebody explains that the other side is a little bit predictable of late, so you know, say what you gotta do fast. Yeah. Um, uh, and it, it's likely something to do with the presence that notices a con. <laughs> and everything else. Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, so that's the end of the book, in terms of chapters, at least. Uh, the epilogue is, is kind of mostly. It's, it's the part where. Um, Sylvanas has ripped apart the Helm of Domination Okay, and that's where the epilogue of the book ends it does however continue a little bit past that trailer uh, because Nathanos arrives in the black swirl and he's still gripping the vial Mm -hmm. Um, and she asks him to tell her of his victory except that that's not what happened and she's not happy (laughs) yeah to say the least it's a blow to their plans but she's sure they can go forward without too much trouble and so she dismisses him, uh, warns him not to be idle, as she kind of took her place in the shadows at last. Uh, and Nathanos does inform her that she he's going to be going to his family's home, the Mare's stead, uh, before he leaves. So yeah. Dun dun dun! I, th- I think uh, after our special episode we'll have to talk about Nathanos.
0: I think you're right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, also we have a release date for shadowlands we don't have a release date for the patch yet uh that i uh, let's, let's double check the twitter um nope nothing yet okay so we have um uh we have a release date for shadowlands which is october 27th oh how perfect just in time for halloween yeah and um, yeah so we get to find out some stuff very soon i'm very excited uh and i can't wait to do more episodes because it's gonna be so exciting
0: Oh heck yeah! Things are happening, man. Things are
1: happening. Yeah, I'm very scared. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah, that's it. No, all I have right. no trivia this episode. <laughs> that's it. No, that's fair. It's, it's been a long one. It yeah, it has. Ooh, damn. Ooh, hopefully I can cut this down to an hour and a half. We'll see. <laughs>
0: all right we would like to thank the winnipeg public library we usually record at the millennium library in their beautiful idea mill maker space but in taking everyone's health and safety seriously they are closed and we are working from home
1: uh our intro and outro music is by kevin mcleod and you can find all of his work on his website incompetech.com our
0: wonderful artwork is by our good friend ben hoffer his instagram is scorpiusoka seven that's S-C-O-R-P-I-U-S-O-K-A the number 7 if you'd like to check out more of his work. And he's opened up commissions so follow him for more info about that.
1: And uh, of course he did all of our lovely art for our t-shirts and our mugs. And yeah, go check those out on Teespring. And uh, yeah, so excited. I'm so excited for Shadowlands, y'all. Alright, i have some pie. <laughs> I'm Bam Bam. And we'll notice you next time. Bye-bye. Bye!